podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. If you've ever said to a friend, I'm praying, then check out Nancy Guthrie's brilliant new book, I'm Praying For You. The book will help you pray through the issues others are facing in a biblical way. Check it out at tenofthose.com. Hello everyone, welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name's Felicity and I live in America and this is my sister Sarah and she's in England. Hello everyone. Tell us what is your biscuit choice today? Well, it kind of, you know, it's a running theme really of trying to find the Jammy Dodger. And I'm very pleased to report that I found the Jammy Dodger with cream in the middle, jam on the middle as well, and um, great crunch on the biscuit. And it's delightful. It's better than I actually imagined it could be. It's so wonderful. Um, And so just if you want to go and buy it, it's actually not called a Jammy Dodger. It's just called (laughs) Jam and Cream. What? That's Jam it. and cream? No, they've changed the name. What is yours then? Tell us. Well, if anyone had been following us on social media over the last uh, couple of weeks, then you'll have seen the biscuit furore that uh, arose out of this particular field guide to biscuits that a lot of things oh, were missing crazy. from. Everyone had big <laughs> opinions about the biscuits. Big opinions and a lot of omissions from the apparent kind of, you know, top-notch guide to biscuits mm. and lots of people did mention the ginger nut or the ginger snap and below and behold the very next day I got a package from a friend with a high class ginger biscuit in it I mean not just one a packet and it is really good I had kind of forgotten about their existence but mm. all in all really good but remembering think- n- not to put them in the biscuit tin with the normal biscuits well, exactly, because every other biscuit then tastes of the ginger nut. I think they're a bit of a love or hate biscuit for that very reason. Oh, for the tin reason, not for yes. the taste reason. Oh, interesting. No, I think the tin Logistically. reason. <laughs> anyway, as we talk about our ginger nuts and jammy dodges, I just wanted to ask you, Felicity, what difference do you think it makes chatting through the Bible or chatting through James or anything in the Bible, really, anything from God's word, with someone in the flesh, as opposed to just listening to um, a sermon online that you, from someone you don't know or two strangers you don't know, what like what difference does it make? Do you think chatting about it in the flesh with someone else? Great question, especially in our day and age where it's so easy to listen to anyone, isn't it? And I, in this question, we're not saying don't listen to this podcast, <laughs> but just along with this kind of thing, the value I think of reading the Bible with an actual person or even just chatting about the Bible, chatting about our Christian lives with people who are in our lives, in our local context. I just think the life on life aspect of that, like the whole person is involved in that. And so that in some ways you need, I think we need people to be seeing all of us and to know what our lives look like in order to then speak into that life and to yeah. push us in ways that we might not push ourselves. I don't, well, take our passage today. I, I don't really like talking about the way I use my words, but how helpful if there's someone who I'm talking with on a daily basis or a kind of, I see them at church every Sunday, whatever it may be, that they're able to then just help me think through how I do use my words. I think that's something which the kind of disembodied voice on the internet or on a podcast or, what, or whatever cannot really do. What about you, Sarah? How, how, do, how would you answer that question? 
yeah I think we're made for relationship aren't we and the word is is relational in the fact that it impacts yeah how we do relationships um and yeah I think if we just take a passage like this week which we'll get into in a minute but I've been really struck that I've been able to ask a couple of people to pray for my heart this week and my tongue because I feel really convicted about the way that I'm speaking to my children and actually they know me and they know my children so they know they know that context and they can challenge me rightly and well and encourage me when they see me using my words in a godly way as well and mm. I think that just makes all the difference that that is the word lived out in action isn't it because it's not just abstract at that point actually we're kind of encouraging one another to live out what we're reading because we're seeing each other's lives played out and that's I think it's really crucial um, yeah I think that's right should we get into it let's do it yes we're in James 3 and we're going to read the whole chapter so that's uh, chapter 3 verses 1 through to 18 here we go not many of you should become teachers my fellow believers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly we all stumble in many ways Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Thanks, Fisty. There's so much in today's passage that, uh, we're, as, as we're finding every week in James, it's um, there's so much to go through. But Felicity, before we get stuck into what we have here, can you quickly just kind of recap for us where we've got to in the letter so far? We're kind of hitting the midway point. Can you just kind of give us a recap of where we've got to? Mm, yeah, I think it's quite helpful actually to go back to the end of chapter one and just remember um, James saying those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. So we have this kind of kicking off at that point. We had this idea of true religion or true faith and what that looks like. And he's talked about um, looking after the orphans and widows and not being polluted by the world. And, and he's kind of explored those last couple of things. And so here it seems we're getting to that idea of kind of reigning in the tongue and that being an aspect of what it is to live out this godly life, this like not double-minded 
kind of life. And I think last week when we were with Sam, we were thinking about this, this idea that faith without deeds is deadly, that, that, that he used the phrase embodied faith. And I think mm-hmm. what we have here is then the really good reminder that our words are as much an embodiment of our faith as actually our actions. And we can, we can do all the right stuff and we can look like we're, you know, doing, doing the Jesus way. But in reality, our words might actually be betraying where our hearts mm-hmm. really are. It's, it, that, I think that's why it's quite, well, it's so challenging, isn't it? Because really echoing Jesus, he's saying, out of the heart come the words. And so as we hear our words, we kind of know the true state of our heart. And that is quite a sobering kind of picture or thing to hear speaking of pictures James just is really helpful in this passage because it's full of illustrations isn't it and I just love Mm. that when um authors in the bible choose choose to like use illustrations to help us it just really brings it home so should we just kind of pick out some of the illustrations that he um talks about so um we've got this first very challenging bit in verse one and two about teachers and the kind of sobering nature of teaching and teachers will be judged more strictly on their words. Um, that's so, that's so challenging. Isn't it? I mean, here we are using words yeah. on a podcast, talking about the Bible, hoping to point people to Jesus. And whew, I wondered whether we shouldn't record like it was, <laughs> it's that kind of thing, isn't it? It kind of stops you short in a good way though, in a good way, like just uh, accountability in that I think is, Yeah. Good. I really, I really liked the, um, this is whole, I, I might, I didn't really like it, but I feel like it's just so true. This, um, anyone who's never able to keep their whole body in check, like the, the idea that your tongue and your words actually are an in- indicator of where your whole body is at. Like you can't separate what's going on with your mouth as, as much as what's going on with your body. So that was a good setting up for this whole passage. Yeah, and interestingly, um, the word perfect, I don't think that means it's sinless. I think it's me. It comes back to the mature and complete that we're thinking about at the beginning of chapter one. Mm. Maturity is demonstrated by those who are able to keep their tongue in check, who are able to speak um, with restraint, as Proverbs put it, isn't it? Um, And the more that you see someone do that, the more that you trust what they say and trust what they do as well and kind of see faith lived out, I guess, isn't it? Mm. And that leads to the illustration, doesn't it, of the um, the bits in the mouths of horses and the ships in just demonstrating how powerful the tongue is. It is such a small muscle in our body, mm. and yet it has such power. That I think that's the drive of verse three and four, isn't it? The how powerful it is. Yeah, yeah. I was I was talking about this with my children uh, yesterday. I was saying. Um, what do you think is the the most powerful thing about your body? Like, what is the thing that could really do the most damage? And one of them said, my leg. The other said, my arm, which is kind of like, that is the logical conclusion. (laughs) But actually, just that's the surprise. And and in a way, it doesn't surprise us because we do know that the tongue is mighty. But it's a good reminder that actually it's the smallest bit. And yet... Mm. I, the way it's described is really shocking, isn't it? Did you notice that in verse six, a fire, a world of evil, it corrupts yeah. the whole body and is itself set on fire by hell. It seems to be saying that the tongue kind of drives us the wrong way, like left to its own devices, it will push us into, I mean, it, that the use of the word hell there is really quite extreme, it seems, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think that and that then displays our hearts, doesn't it? Because, okay, so we've seen that the tongue is powerful with uh, verse three and four. But then what he's saying is it's destructive, like that power is not used for good. And if Mm. you actually check your heart and check the words that you use throughout your whole life, you can see the destruction that can be caused by such a small muscle. Like He's kind of trying to ram that home, isn't he? That actually we don't use we don't use it for good. Um, yeah and then he goes on to that doesn't he and say like you know it can't be tamed he's saying creatures can be tamed all manner of animals and birds and reptiles sea creatures can be tamed but actually you can't tame your tongue like Mm. that's again it's shocking isn't it but he but he explains it with the fact that we easily think that we'll just you know praise our lord and heavenly father but in the same breath we can curse someone who's also made in his image and that displays and kind of betrays what's what's really going on with that muscle yeah I thought that was a helpful kind of reminder who have been made in God's likeness it kind of reminds me of the neighborly things that we were talking about like what it is to love your neighbor and Mm. and and loving those who are made in God's image and so just that is like just a reminder that that is what we do we do praise God and then the next moment we we speak ill of our fellow kind of image bearer in that I liked as well that he says it's a restless evil full of deadly poison I feel this is I feel is a good reminder to me that I can kind of get to the end of the day and think right well okay it wasn't too bad today okay right that's it I've got it I've got it sorted and that's so wrong because actually the restlessness of it like our hearts are always shifting our tongues will always reflect that shiftingness and so we're constantly having to just guard and battle and fight and just this tongue is just so kind of willful it will do different things all the time won't it and so and I think therefore it's not a surprise that there's so much on it here is there so you know he's he's taking a whole chapter to think about the tongue but actually the whole word the whole bible is full like full to the brim of Mm. things about the tongue it's as old as you know chapter three of genesis isn't it in terms of the devil deceiving um, adam and eve proverbs i'm just reading through proverbs at the moment in my bible times on my own and just like even proverbs chapter 18 today you go through that and it's words lips mouth tongue Mm -hmm. and like just the kind of insistence of this 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 is the problem this is the problem but as and as we're starting to see in james it's not the only problem is it because as he said um as he kind of alludes to jesus's language it's you're recognizing a tree by its fruit out of the overflow of your heart the mouth speaks um so actually the problem is not the tongue at the end of the day it's the heart beneath yeah. the tongue yeah and I think you can get to the end of verse 12 and we've been talking this week haven't we and just been like Whew, the number of text messages we sent where we're like oh <laughs> it's to oh, the no. heart like what do I do it's with myself so hard. I think it's to remember, and he says it twice in verses 10 and, 11, uh, 10 and 12 there, my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters. And mm-hmm. Sam was, was talking about it last time, wasn't he? That James is being a really good friend. Like this is a gracious thing, a good thing to have our hearts through our words revealed to us. So that, and we're seeing this through James, aren't we? So that we might then look to God. We fall back on Jesus because actually we realize there's very little that we can do like left on my own it's a nightmare <laughs> yeah and that is where we get to isn't it and as you say we've been hugely convicted of this this week and the lord's been like 
I think, challenging us and showing us graciously our hearts this <laughs> yeah. week, particularly in relation to our children and how, well, in, for me, in relation to how I speak to my children this week, um, this has been lived out in action for me. And actually, I think the temptation can be to rush over it and think, well, I just get to Jesus because I know that I need Jesus and that's it. But actually, there's a reason why James labours over these truths. There's a reason why he takes, you know, 12, 14, 15 verses to really let you can bring these truths home and part of a big application driving this to our heart is letting that sit on our hearts and kind of letting it process and mull it and and yeah be willing to let the word speak into your heart on this isn't it absolutely absolutely yeah I agree not rushing on but also remembering (laughs) where we're headed (laughs) I know (laughs) like what a joy it is to actually hear so I love this verse 13 Um, who is wise and understanding among you let them show it by their good life and that idea of wisdom that takes us back to chapter one and asking God for wisdom he says that at the very start we ask God who Mm. is generous to give us wisdom by deeds done in a humility that comes from wisdom and that idea of humility that is it isn't it like a dependency on God because we know we can't do it on our own and through that heart the humble heart the humble dependency then we come to the Jesus that we see in 17 to 18. So the wisdom that is of heaven is the Mm -hmm. wisdom that we see in Jesus. And this is a picture of Jesus. And as we see the picture of Jesus, I think it makes it so clear what godly heavenly wisdom looks like. It makes it desirable. It makes me want to ask for it. It makes me want to be like this Jesus. And I just think that is, yes, (laughs) at the end of that. Yeah, and it's really striking, isn't it? If we just dwell on these couple of verses, like that that picture is beautiful and it's beautiful because it's relational. It's not mm. standalone wisdom, is it? It's not kind of out there. All of those words can actually be in relation to other people. And as we see that fleshed out in Jesus himself, we see what taming the tongue wisely looks like because we see Jesus fulfill that picture in relation to you know what it what it looks like uh you know going back to verse two anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check that is what godly heavenly wisdom looks like in relation to the tongue but yeah we have to see our need for it and we need to like again as we've been kind of going through the book and seeing the only thing we can do is to lean into the mercy of christ at this point because we see our sin we see our double-mindedness we see Mm. our need and so we cry out for that wisdom and we say, Lord, please change us. Like that's been my prayer this week. I don't know how you've kind of, yeah, processed this, um, mm. Christy. No, I think that's right. Absolutely. I, I think that is exactly that process of like convicted, feeling helpless, and then reading these verses and thinking, I long that God would be at work in my heart. And I love verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And I've been really... Mm really struck by that we've heard it before that anger human anger gets in the way of righteousness which is a similar kind of idea isn't it and here as we humbly dependently lean into god ask him ask ask the lord then actually a harvest of righteousness in his strength by his grace that is my prayer for my life for our lives for anyone who's listening that we would be those who strive after righteousness by god's grace should we pray Sarah, would you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's pray. 
that the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Oh, Heavenly Father, how we long for that to be our hearts. We long for that wisdom to be overflowing from our hearts to our lips um, into the words that we speak, whether that's in conversation, whether that's um, in relation to um, disciplining our children, whether that's in relation to what we write in a text or an email and social media. We long that our tongues would be um, tamed in this way, in this beautiful, wise way um, that shows us more of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we want to confess right here that uh, we need your help. We're so sorry for our sin and we just pray, please would you help us to strive to be wise. Holy Spirit, please do this work in our hearts. We cannot do this without you. And so we pray for your help today. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah been a joy as ever yeah it's been good but yeah lots to mull on so check out the show notes questions chat it through with someone ask someone to challenge you and encourage you on your words this week and we look forward to chatting next time absolutely bye everyone bye thanks for listening to this episode it's sponsored by televose.com check them out for great discounted resources that point to jesus